All right, we're live. Episode 34 of Material Issues. Um, thank you all very much for watching. Uh, I have uh, with me today, well, Mark Hirschberger, who's my uh, co-host, is otherwise occupied, but uh, we're very, very thrilled to have as our substitute co-host and guest today, Mr. John Borak. Thank you, thank John. You. Thank you, David. I, I, I am not Mark Hirschberger, but an incredible stimulation. Or or simulation or something like that. Did you just say stimulation? <laughs> yes, that, that was kind of a joke. I'm sorry. I'm starting off with the bad puns right off the bat. Here. I started a joke to quote the Bee Gees. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> there. We, there we go. We're off and running. Yeah, Mark. Mark would be with us, but he's uh, what is he uh, announcing a, a high school basketball game? Today? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know what high school he's he's announcing, but I think he's done that several times. He's a uh, he's well known in the announcing field of, of uh, girls basketball. He's sort of the uh, Chick Hearn of uh, Southern Philadelphia or wherever he is. Is that where he is? Um, Southern New Jersey. Uh, nah, same thing. Same thing. <laughs> same thing. It's cold wherever it is. It's very, yeah. It's cold outside to quote yeah. the choir. I'm just going to do that the whole day. The whole show we can just do I'm, that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I actually took some NyQuil last night, so I'm kind of loopy at the moment. Oh, wow. Well, hopefully this so, won't be a loopy fiasco. That's a joke. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, David, I'll, I'll start things off here. You posted your uh, top 175 albums of 2021 list just this morning. It's gotten some a uh, lot of eyeballs on it on, on Facebook. You want to talk a little bit about that and maybe go over some of the... Uh, some of the top albums, some of the other, some of the other albums you uh, had in there. Thanks. Yeah, um, I did post my list as I do uh, at this time every year. Um, it's not just the top one seventy five, but it's uh, also subcategories of contemporary uh, contemporary releases and uh, reissues, all kinds of reissues broken down into different categories. It's um, and this is probably the most extensive one I've done because there were so many amazing releases, both uh, contemporary and reissue. Normally, I just do a top one twenty-five, just right, a top one twenty-five contemporary. And this year, um, there were so many good ones that I expanded it to one seventy-five. Uh, I, I mean, COVID is an awful thing, but. No matter what, you know, no matter what phenomenon you're dealing with in life, there's a, there's always a potential silver lining. And one silver lining of COVID was that people were indoors. They were not able to, musicians were not able to go out and gig. So it gave them more time to uh, concentrate on writing and recording their own music. And because of that, we have tons of great, great releases that have come out in 2021. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun doing this list. And I want to thank every artist who released a, a, an album last year um, for uh, just for enriching our lives so much, especially mine. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, there were some there were some amazing ones, uh, starting with ANC Four, which was my favorite, Strange Tide on Cool Cat and Beluga Records. That was my favorite album of the year. Um, just as good as power pop gets. And with, of course, that <clears throat> that Swedish thing, that ineffable thing that Sweden has that um, just makes their stuff so special. And, um, yeah, they're a great band, and they're, they've really come into their own. Um, yeah, I mean, there's tons of records I would uh, want to mention on on this list, but you know, we don't have time and I don't right. know if I have the inclination either. Uh, one I wanted to mention, because I don't know if anybody but me and, and, and Rena have actually heard this, um, was, is a band from Texas called the Tambourine People. They have an album called Tambourine Love. And it's all kinds of different pop styles. Uh, but it starts out with two of the best Sunshine Pop songs I've heard in a long time. Uh, and then it morphs into more sort of just contemporary, uh, not contemporary, but 70, early 70s style pop sounds. It's a bit tongue in cheek at times, which is probably why it wasn't number one, actually. 
I couldn't take it 100% seriously for that reason, but the songs are just so good that I, I couldn't ignore it either. And uh, I recommend that people check out the Tambourine People. They have a Facebook page, so definitely go over there. And um, their album is on Spotify as well, so if you want to check it out, um, definitely do. I, I, um, I, I, I can't recommend it more high. Well, I guess I recommended two a little bit higher. <laughs> um, right. But, well, you know, those, um, like you said, it's sort of tongue in cheek, but those sorts of uh, homages, as it were, homages, am I pronouncing that right? Homages, yeah. Yeah, yeah those, uh, those things. Um, they can make for some really effective records, of course, as, as you know, starting, well, starting with the Ruddles, you know, back in 1978, a great record on its own. And then you know, Todd Rundgren and Utopia did de uh, deface the music in, in 1980, which was their their Beatles uh, sort of rip, which was really cool. And then I see another one on your list here of, um, oh, where is it? Top five tribute disc, single artists. Nick Frater presents The Rebuttals. Ron Dirk, Stig and Barry, The Solo Years, Volume 1. Right. That one, that, uh, that one was pretty cool. Sort of a, a Ruddles tribute. So tributing a tribute, I guess. Yeah, I guess it was supposed to be the Ruddles if they had if they had broken up and had solo careers. It was yeah, it's fun, a lot of great idea. That's the kind of stuff we generally like. For example, at, at IPO, we generally don't have bands who do covers. There are exceptions, of course, but when one of the exceptions is when somebody comes up with something cool like that, uh, like my uh, my my buddy Andras Jones. He and I can't remember his partner. They did they did an act of covering only so only songs that McCartney and Elvis Costello wrote together. And I thought, all right, how can I turn that down? Wow. Um, I mean, how, how often do you hear back on my feed as a cover, for example? You don't. So, but we did live that night, and uh, that was uh, that was really fun. So didn't, if Nick uh, wants to do a real Didn't Marsland do back on my feet uh, at one point? Adam Marsland cover? Maybe. Thought? Um, I never heard it, but I knew he did it. Um, all right. Well, that or whatever, or some of the other ones that they wrote together, uh, I'm sure nobody did. It was a fun night, though. And uh, if Nick Frader wants to assemble a, a, a band to do that at IPO Liverpool, he's more than welcome. So, um, I mean, obviously, I want to hear his own stuff, which did very well on my list also. I mean, his albums always do. They're just they're just all tremendous. Um, yeah. Yeah, Nick. I've seen Nick's name pop up on a lot of year-end lists. His stuff is always consistently great. And uh, yeah, if he does decide to do a, re a rebuttals uh, show at IPO Liverpool, I'll have to let him know I'm available to play Barry Wom if he needs a uh, Barry Wom <laughs> behind the drum kit. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. This this list is is pretty amazing for uh, for those who not only who who like power pop but who like sunshine pop any type of, of pop rock and uh, of course a lot of oldies when you get into the reissues and you know I think a lot of people pigeonhole uh, reviewers and folks like you and and me by thinking you know all we listen to is uh, you know 60 year old guys wearing beetle boots and jangling guitars but obviously that's that's not the case I know you're a big fan of 70s soul like I am and big fan of 50s rockabilly like I am and a lot of these reissues that you touch on here, you know, are, are a lot more than just power pop stuff. Oh, for God. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, I, I, I get so many, you know, emails and messages where, where Pete, where artists have albums that they want me to hear and they'll say, well, it's not exactly power pop. And it's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's right. fine. You know, as long as it's uh, melodic and it strikes a chord with me, I'm, yeah. You know, more than happy to hear it, or, or you know, and or review it. Um, but yeah, we, we do get pigeonholed because you know, well, I do obviously because I run a festival that, when it started, was virtually all power pop. Right. Uh, since then, we've certainly expanded expanded our parameters, and we have all kinds of melodic rock and roll in there. Um, and most of what I review is power pop. I'll, I'll review the occasional reissue that's oriented in a different direction. But I don't know. It's uh, it, it, yeah. It, it's a it's a stigma that you or me or 
so many other people are going to have a difficult time shaking. So right. you just have to kind of roll with it. Roll with it, to quote Steve Winwood. Anyway, I, that I got mine in there. Uh, I knew it. I knew it. Well, <laughs> thanks. Uh, it's always good to have a good straight man. Uh, I was hoping Mark would pop in and give us the score of the JV game, uh, but I guess he's just not going to do that. Um, it, it was exciting. It was tied, I think, when uh, when he left us. Mark, are you out there? No, Actually, I'm looking at I'm okay. looking at the uh, feed right now, and he 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 left for a second. Now he's coming back. Uh yeah, snack bar. He usually does that at halftime. <laughs> uh, anyway, you know some some cool stuff, um, David, that I have to talk about, and you are involved in this. This was just announced about an hour ago. Uh, Big Stir Magazine issue number six, six I think it's number six. Yes, yes issue six is out uh, and available as of today, and it's a special edition. The is this Power Pop special? <laughs> But is it power pop? And David's laughing, and I'm not sure why. Well, it's sort of a takeoff on the but is it power pop thing that, yeah. you know, uh, our friend Stephen Schnee uh, sort of started, and then everyone sort of took off and, and made it into sort of a, uh, a a good-natured joke. But, you know, like Robbie Riss says, when people are, are teasing you, at least they're still talking about you. It's, it's when they stop talking about you that you have to worry. But anyway, uh, sort of a takeoff on the but is it power pop title. But... It's got a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff. I co-edited this along with uh, S.W. Loudon, a.k.a. Steve Coulter from the Brother Steve. And it has some really cool writers in, in here. Uh, David wrote some stuff for it, of course. You did. Um, Paul Myers, Jeff Whalen, Carl Caffarelli, uh, Nadja D. from Hop On Power Pop, uh, David Lang from Australia, Kate Sullivan, Rex Broom, and the aforementioned Steve Schnee. Um, and then, uh, Steve Coulter has a few things in here. I have a few things in here as well. Uh, just a really cute, cool sort of state of the nation thing as far as, uh, power pop goes. And, um, I'm trying to remember, David, what did you write about? You wrote about, um, it just says power pop in the table of contents, but, um, well, I, I think you wrote about sort, sort of how you came to, uh, get involved in the power pop scene, right? Um, maybe I, I, I actually have forgotten what I, I, I do write a lot of stuff. So I, I just totally forgotten what this one is. Right. Well, you know, we don't want to tell people too much of what it is because then they won't buy it, but this is David's article. And of course we had to have a, since it is David Bash of the international pop overthrow, had to have a picture of material issue on there. So kind of a nice uh, tribute to them. But, you know, the, the cool thing is the magazine, it's, it's sort of like a um, a mojo sort of deal and that it comes with a companion CD that you can only get if you purchase the magazine. And the magazine is called, or I'm sorry, the CD is called Power Pop for Now People. And it's a compilation of artists who are on the Big Stir label and who are also on the Spider Pop Records label out of Texas. Uh, those two labels have been working together the past year or so. So you have tracks by uh, folks like Danny Wilkerson, Lenny Flowers, The Penguins, Ice Cream Hands, Plastic Soul, Bill Lloyd, uh, Sorrows, which was David's number two album of 2021, yes, uh, The Brothers Steve, uh, Pop Dudes, Sparkle Jets UK. Uh, there's also an exclusive track by Bruce Moody, who if you guys don't know Bruce Moody, uh, get his reissue. David uh, talks about it in his list. I think it was, yeah, it was on Wizard and Vinyl last year. Compilation. Yeah, Pardon? yeah. Great compilation on Wizard and Vinyl, right? The label of Japan. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, definitely, if you're a fan of Power Pop, get that. But yeah, a really cool CD that comes with Big Stir uh, magazine, the Power Pop issue. And it's only uh, it's only $7, which is ridiculous for a magazine, a glossy magazine and a CD. So uh Go out and order that. There's links all over uh, social media today if you want to get yourself one. But really a lot of fun putting the CD together. I um, I uh, curated it. So 20 tracks of what I felt were uh, the best pure pop sounds from Big Stir and Spider Pop over the past several years. And I know David's heard it. Um, I have. Yeah. So Bruce, Moody's, Bruce Moody's brother Hank was really good on Californication. No, never mind. Uh, see, I never saw Californication. 
Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't see that joke. Just Hank, Hank's just a character played by oh. David Duchovny on one of my favorite shows ever. So, ah, okay, okay. Getting back to the list, I, yes. One of the reasons I wore this shirt, and this was this was my maybe my most difficult choice on the list because you're you're in this case you're comparing unlike entities really, but. What was going to be my number one box set? Was it going to be the Beach Boys Feel Flows, which musically is the best thing, in my opinion, <clears throat> I guess my favorite thing that I own. If I only had time to grab one thing from my collection, God forbid, because of a fire or whatever, it would be that. But was wow. that going to be the number one box or was it going to be the All Things Must Pass Uber, Uber box, which, of course, is... The most lavishly presented box set ever. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, if you only I mean, had one thing to carry out of your house in case of a fire, <laughs> you wouldn't want the uh, "All Things Must Pass" Uber box. That thing's heavy as shit. It's it's heavy and it's made of wood, so right it would burn immediately. It would, it, would, it would burn up on 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 your way out of the house. Right, but um, I mean, it's you know, it, it's got everything you could possibly want in there except for George himself, and uh, it. Uh, so I mean, how do you? How do you choose? Well, ultimately, I decided that when it's it's a tie, you go with the music, and uh, and it's not like the Feel Flows box is, is chopped liver. Far from it. It's got a nice book. It's presented, you know, it's presented the way a lot of those those sort of notebook style box sets are presented. It's it's well done. Uh, it's no Uber box, but you know, nothing nothing is, and you wonder if anything will be. I don't know how well that thing sold. I, I don't know if Universal or Apple or anybody else is going to do that again, but I, I hope so. I was very fortunate to be able to get a copy of that for a very reasonable price because I, I, had, I had already decided I'm not paying the uh, 1000 to 1200 uh, list on it. Um, I remember when we were at, uh, you and I were in Arlington at Forever Young Records, and that was mm -hmm. the first place that I think either of us had ever seen the Uber box at, uh, in person. Be, uh, up until then, it was only available online, and uh, there we see it at a store, and they had it for twelve hundred dollars. And you know, the uh, one of the clerks said, "You know, we've had we've had ten of these, and none of them are selling." Well, for that price, right? You know, what do you expect, right? right? Um, but I was able to uh, find one at my local record emporium, Freak Beat Records, for a much better price than that, and I, you know. Thank you know. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Um, no, I I'd I'd love to have a copy of that, but uh, I think I'm saving my money for the uh, Ringo's Rotogravure Uber Uber box that's coming out. Uh, <laughs> see in 2016, 2017. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, so many so many good box sets this year. I can see why you had difficulty between not only those two, but of course the Let It Be box was was pretty amazing. Uh, the Cat Stevens uh, teaser in the Firecat 50th anniversary box. I know you enjoyed that one a lot. Um, the Elvis Costello Armed Forces Super Deluxe. That was incredible. Uh, I'm listening to right now and reviewing for Goldmine, the new uh, Bo Brummel's box, uh, which is pretty much everything you would need to hear or even probably could hear by the Bo Brummel's. So Steve Stanley did another wonderful job uh, with that one. And that was the high, my highest ranked box of any of the smaller boxes. I mean, obviously the bigger ones were done by labels with a much bigger budget than Steve had to work with. Right. So they were, able to, they were able to present a lot more. And, you know, I had to, uh, I, I had to rank them higher because they did deliver more in terms, you know, in terms of, of aesthetic and, uh, and, and the like, but, um, you know, the Bo Brummel's box for what it was, was just tremendous. Uh, there were a few boxes that probably would have finished number one in other years. Obviously the Uber box, um, that caravan box, I, you know, most people listening may not be fans of their, them because they're a little bit more prog than, than, uh, would, uh, align with the taste of a lot of our, our listeners, but hell, it had 36 CDs in it. So what? What yeah. 36, 36 CDs? Yeah, like all their albums plus all their uh, almost all of their live performances. What the hell? Oh, that's that's ridiculous. Uh, if, you um, like, if you like that kind of thing, 
well, it ended up being smaller than the Uber box. Uh, I, I, I mean, I actually have a place to store the caravan box. Then there was the Nirvana, the 60s Nirvana uh, song life, like their, their albums all on LP, on vinyl for the first time in many, many years. I mean, any of them would have finished number one in lots of other years, but, you know, wasn't to be this year. Yeah, well, That's how you know, that's worth. It is, it is hard to argue with uh, the Beach Boys and George Harrison being number one and number two, but when you come right down to it, it's rock and roll, David. <laughs> as uh, perfectly as, uh, was in, in a Beach Boys book that you and I both love. Oh, oh, speaking of things that you and I both love, David and I are both big baseball fans. And so that's why, you know, he, he mentioned he's wearing the Beach Boys shirt uh, in tribute to the number one album uh, of, uh, or the number one box set. I'm wearing my 2020 shirt in tribute to the number one power pop album uh, in my uh, book, Shake Some Action. But I, but I also wanted to kiss up a little bit. So I wore my New York Yankees hat for David, even though I'm not a huge Yankees fan. But uh, I, I also have a different hat here that I'm going to put on that David might recognize. Oh, wow. You know this, the uh, Seattle Pilots. It's got the uh, Technicolor gingerbread on the uh, on the peak of the uh, Scrambled cap. eggs, as they say. Yeah, said scrambled eggs, Technicolor it. gingerbread. I put the cap on peak front. So, uh, yeah, Seattle Pilots, uh, a one-year, one-and-done uh, major league team for those of you who don't know 1969 american league later became the milwaukee brewers they were the subject of a book uh that many people love but david and i especially love ball four by jim bouton and uh david and i can quote you lines from that book uh no one ever Ad wants nauseam. us to but we could if 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 someone wanted us to but um, somebody wrote somebody uh, i don't remember who it was if it was a professional writer or just a reader said uh, ball four is not just a baseball book it's a people book and yeah that's really true i mean you don't have to be a big baseball fan to enjoy that book um for those who don't know um it was it was written by jim bowden who was a pitcher on the uh, seattle pilots that one the one year of their existence and it was written in diary form basically talking about mostly about the goings-on uh, the, the behind the scenes goings-on of the team and it was very, very funny. It revealed a lot of things, which at the time were were considered verboten to reveal. And uh, so he took a lot of flack for it. But there's all kinds of little funny stuff, like players kissing each other as a joke on the bus, and uh, you, you know, thing, things like beaver shooting, which is when <laughs> the guys would go to the roof of a hotel, and uh, something you could do in 1969 that you would easily get arrested for now and just looking through hotel windows to see if they could spot you know a woman taking off her clothes um and um you know back then that was harmless fun uh, not anymore but there were you know just little things like that 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 uh people chuckled at and um you know it also talked about the life of being a baseball player especially on the road that it wasn't as easy as people thought um Bowden was sent down to the minor leagues and then brought up. So there was a little, you know, there was that kind of, that was that sort of thing, which brings a lot of stress to a ball player and their families. Um, so it was really an all encompassing book. And uh, it's, it, it's a lot of fun. I would recommend it to virtually anybody listening to this. I, I, I think, like I said, even if you're not a baseball fan, you would get a lot out of it. Right. No, an excellent book. You know, Funny. Speaking of baseball, I was cleaning out my garage over the uh, over the weekend, and found a ton of stuff that I I knew I had but didn't know where it was. And one of the things I found was uh, my collection of old Baseball Digest magazines. And this was one that I pulled out because this is my oh, favorite yeah. favorite Major League player ever, Richie Allen or Dick Allen, as he was later known. This is the year um, he won the Most Valuable Player with the Chicago White Sox. So I had to. Uh, Pull that out. Also found my autographed Dick Allen photo, uh, which I had in storage. I'm, I'm not sure why, but um, music related, some cool stuff that I found. I found my entire collection of uh, Yellow Pills magazines, the original oh, wow. Yellow Pills magazines. Jordan, are you listening? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't looked through them yet. Um, same thing with um, all the original pop sided magazines. And a lot Baz, of. Baz, are you listening? 
right and then also i found the um a lot of the old oddities magazines that you and i anthony henderson are you listening anthony's not listening no but uh has anyone heard from anthony lately i i haven't heard from that guy at all like well he was he, he had told me he was going to come to ipo arlington and then unfortunately he was under the weather but oh uh, gosh it, it would have been great to see him come out but unfortunately he wasn't there right um but anyway yeah i found a lot of great stuff in the um in, in my garage just a lot of cool old baseball cards music books this was one book that I'm sure a lot of people out there had at one point, and you may have had it. This actually start that this book actually started my. Um, I had it, and I went with it. Yeah, and if you had it, anyone could have. Um, another thing that we quote from the Honeymooners, Jackie Gleason, Art Carney. Um, this uh, book actually started my fascination with sort of new wave, power pop, uh, punk rock. Uh, when, when I was in high school, late seventies, I was. Uh, Six Kansas foreigner journey type of guy. That's what everybody listened to. I uh, had my copy of Frampton Comes Alive because you had to if you were a teenager in, in the late 70s. Um, and, you know, that stuff, I still like to listen to a lot of it. I, I'm not one of those people who thinks, you know, AOR is is not cool because it's AOR. I mean, great song's a great song. doesn't matter who right. Absolutely. get it or does it or, or whatever. But um, this book uh, got me really interested in uh, that sort of thing is called the new music. David, have you, you ever seen this book? I've I've seen it, but I've never owned it. Yeah, I, I read this thing over and over, and and it's just got really, it, you know, it was written by a couple of uh, guys from Australia, Glenn A. Baker and Stuart Cope. Yeah, and, they, and there's, a, a, there's great. a yeah, yeah, and there's a, a chapter in here I think about power pop. Yeah, the records, the Rubenus, Eric Carmen, Nick Lowe, and more. And back then it was called the new music trend, power pop, which, you know, later became the type of music no one wants to admit that they play. But back then <laughs> it was a new music trend. Uh, but yeah, there's um, stuff in here about, let's see, oh, the Jags, Ian Gom, uh, 2020, which is really cool. The Romantics, Paul Collins Beat, Eric Carmen. You can see there the Rubenews and uh, let's see. Yeah, Rubenews there. Wow, I'm going to have to find this. The Romantics with the red leather pants. Uh, yes, Madness is, is in here. Someone mentioned that as well. There's the, uh, the big old Aaron, Eric Carmen photo. <laughs> yeah, with a huge <laughs> hair. Yeah, With yeah, huge things, yes. A anyway, just a lot of fun to kind of go down memory lane and, and find all, all that old stuff. And, you know, it's it's fun listening to old music, but it's fun finding new stuff, too. And that's why I think so many people are going to be really into your list. Um, Cause I know I so many to, people. I wanted to, I wanted to um, expand upon something you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, because I, I, I think it's important. I was never really part of any scene back then. I was much more of an introvert. So for that reason, I guess I never got caught up in the trappings of being part of a scene, meaning that you're, you know, if you're part of a scene, you're supposed to like certain things and you're supposed to hate certain things. And while I, I'm very glad that the, the new wave and punk was born out of, you know, was born out of people's perceived need for something new, I don't, I, I still don't really understand why it had to be an either or situation. I mean, I loved, I loved power pop. I loved new wave. Um, and I liked some punk pop as long as it was melodic i was certainly a big ramones fan but why that had to be at the exclusion of bands like boston and super tramp and fleetwood mac and frampton and all of the you know aor as you mentioned all of the stuff that was on the radio i mean can't couldn't people just and I, i'm i'm gonna open a door for you couldn't people just learn to think for themselves no. <laughs> uh, i mean it it that that and that's something that I, I don't like about any move, movement that 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 sort of shuns or eschews certain genres because it's not the same or because it represents something that they feel is anathema. Uh, I don't I don't I don't I don't dig that. I I'm not down with it. I and I'll never I'll never do it. I mean, just right. if you like music, I mean, there's no reason to dislike Boston 
because they were on a major label and because they spent a lot of money on their record and because they represent an ethos that maybe, you know, some, you know, some hardcore down in the dirt musicians, uh, you know, disdained. It, the records are good. They really are. Right. And you know right. what? Yeah. So, is Elvis, so is Elvis Costello. So are the Sex Pistols. So are a lot of other people who, who, who again, are, are in a completely different world than, than, than the uh, arena corporate rock world. Can like, there's room for both people. There really is. Well, are. yeah, music, like so much stuff, particularly now with social media. Mods versus rockers, exactly. Yeah, it's like, a, yeah, mods versus rockers, as someone says. Disco, disco sucks. Disco yeah, it, yeah, it's sort of like an us versus them kind of thing, and it doesn't have to be. Us and them, to quote Pink. Never mind. There you go. Uh, and, and whoever whoever the Facebook user is who said, and Bob Seeger, I, I can't see your name, but, but I hate you, whoever you are. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I, you know, it's impossible. It's funny. I don't dislike Bob Seeger. First of all, I'm sure he's a very nice guy, uh, you know, and, and, um, but really I love Bob Seger. and Bob's Bob's Bob. I, I call him Bob. Like I know him personally. Um, BS ha has done a lot of, of, of fine music. And, um, I think it was just gotten to the point where it, you know, I was just making a joke. Um, it's sort of like John Lennon said, you know, and I, I was just making a joke and now there's all this, you know, I, it was just a joke. I have nothing against Bob Seger. I, you know, there's just some songs that you've heard so many times on the radio and everywhere that you never want to hear them again. And Bob Seger has about seven or eight of those for me, the late seventies era Seger. It's like, I don't need to hear night moves or old time rock and roll, especially what, you know, now that I DJ, Play old time rock and roll. Oh, all right. Okay. People love it. So people want to hear it. I'll play it. But I, I have nothing personally against Mr. Seeger. JK, as, as the kids say. And as somebody else just said, too. Yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're all locked into that. I, I made a statement that Kiss wasn't power pop, and I was very, very emphatic about that. And now everybody thinks I don't like Kiss. It's like... Yeah, I do like Kiss, actually. Well, not their whole career, but certainly through the late 70s. I think they were really good for what they were, and I even own some of their records. They're just not power pop, and no, that's okay. Of course I, they're I, not. I have no problem with them not being power pop. Of, of course they're not power pop, and, and nothing any of them has ever done has ever been power pop. They might they might like power pop. They that's do. That's fine. And, you know, that's and, and I hear so many people say, and you've heard this, David, that well, Gene Simmons says they were influenced by the raspberries. Gene Simmons is a big raspberry fan. Yeah, right. Well, I drive a car. Does that make me a Formula One driver? No. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, just because you're influenced by somebody doesn't mean that you're that you've suddenly become a power pop artist. Don't try to jam people into the into those sorts of boxes. Kiss is a hard rock band. They always have been. They always will be. And if people love them, that's great. What I think, though. When you start doing more IPOs again, you need to do some of those uh, Paul Stanley like stage announcements, like uh, "How you doing, Texas?" You know, the big <laughs> high pitched voice and that kind of thing. That would be awesome. All right, IPO the merch table. Yeah, yeah I mean, I know you're kidding. I I wish I could. Well, you know what? I I wish I could pull that off. But even if I could, I wouldn't. I'm you know my style is more like Ed Sullivan's. So I and that's fine with me. I mean. It's, I, I, you know, I try to low key it, but, um, well, there was something else. Oh, actually that kiss, the whole kiss thing kind of dovetails nicely with talking about something else on my list that I think <laughs> people probably never gave a shot because of, of who it is. Paul Stanley's soul station was my number one covers album of the year. And it you know it would have been it would have actually had a shot for number one album of the year if I had combined uh, all these different categories. Uh, people don't like Paul Stanley's voice. People don't like Kiss. I totally get that. But on this album, he's completely different. It's like he's done a, a one eighty. And this was the music that he was born to do, in my opinion. Um, you know, he and Gene probably figured they weren't going to become millionaires if they if they did this this sort of thing instead of what they did. But 
Paul Stanley has a really, really awesome soul voice. He does. Uh, he did gr great versions of songs like I'll Be, a, uh, Could It Be I'm Falling in Love and You Are Everything and, you know, a bunch of other covers from there. And, and there's also five songs that he wrote on the album in that exact style. And while they aren't as good as the hits he covered, they, they were really pretty darn good and could have certainly fit on the radio back then. He really does a great, great job uh, on, on these songs, in my opinion. I mean, others may disagree, but I think I, I want to be emphatic about this because I think a lot of people just discounted it when they saw who it was. They said, I'm not buying this. I'm not even listening to it. Um, what's the point? It's very different. It you, you would never know that this guy was in Kiss uh, when you listen to the, this. They really, really are good. Oh, somebody said they played that. Blend them fairly nicely with the covers. Absolutely, they do. Um, if you didn't know any of those songs, you figure they were all from the. You figure they were all from the same writer. So I just want to, I, I, I just want to emphasize that people should give it a shot. Just go on Spotify at least. Listen to a few of the songs. If you don't like them, fine. But it's not the Paul Stanley that you've known and grown to hate. Right. Uh, it's it's not. It's not the hairy chested rocker Paul Stanley guy. Not you at know, all. I've, I've heard. Um, I've heard a couple of songs. I heard his version of Ooh Child, which I thought was very, very good. I mean, I haven't checked out the whole album, but maybe I need to do that. Um, yeah, I, I really think you'd like it. If you, if you like Ooh Child by him, then you you, you should like the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I, just, I, I was blown away. I didn't expect that. I, I, I mean, I, I think someone posted the video of Ooh Child on, and I, I kind of checked it out almost because I, I expected to get a laugh. I figured this guy can't sing that kind of stuff. And I was blown away by everything, by by his vocals, uh, by the, by Soul Station's uh, playing and presentation. And then when, when the album came out, uh, I immediately got it. And it was like, wow, this is all good. So yeah, by all means, um, you know, if you don't like it, fine, but check it out. If you don't uh, like another, it, well, now Another one I want to talk about is Mickey Dolan, sing, uh, Dolan sings Nesmith. Um, one of the well, first of all, Mickey sings the shit out of those songs. He really does. Uh, he, he he his tribute to his partner, his late partner R.I.P. was uh, was just so heartfelt and so well done. And it wasn't like all the hits that Nesmith was involved with. A lot of a lot of very deep cuts as well. I I, I was impressed with the fact that uh, that he brought some of those things out from the mothballs and did them uh, and did them so well. So if you haven't picked that one up, um, definitely, definitely check it out. Yeah. yeah, just so much amazing stuff in 2021. I'm I don't honestly, I don't think I'm going to we're going to see a year. Well, I mean, you may not agree with me on that, but if you do, I don't think we're going to see a year like 2021 music wise for uh for a long time, but I, I I hope I'm wrong. I hope 2022 turns out to be just as good, and I'm sure it will be good as every year is. Right now, overall, I think maybe the uh, maybe there have been years that that have had some higher highs, but in terms of overall consistency of of albums and and you know a lot of very very good albums, 2021 was way up there, definitely, definitely. And no. I want to I want to give a shout out to some of the uh, some of the labels that released so much good stuff this year, like Big Stir. There were a lot of Big Stir entries on my list, including you know several in my in my top fifty. Um, Spider Pop, of course. Um, the Cool Cat came out with released a lot of stuff, including my number one, ANC Four, which is also on Beluga Records out of Sweden. Uh, that's the vinyl version. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, obviously, check that out. Um, Future Man always releases really yeah. good stuff. Um, so, yeah. Jem, um, Jem also releases. Jem, yes, absolutely. Marty Scott and Jem. Yeah, you know, and, Marty uh, Marty was going to be here to watch this, David, but he's still, he's looking for a parking spot. He can't seem <laughs> to find one. Yeah, it's uh, parking <laughs> spots for material issues are really tough to get. Yeah. David has just the president CEO material issues parking spot. Uh, Mark's is open because he's at the basketball game, so I I took his. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, you want to park in a spot, you're screwed. Um, one, one thing I I did want to mention though, David, uh, kind of following up on your Soul Station thing, we talked about uh, Ooh Child, originally done by the Five Stair Steps, 
that was a song that was released in 1970. And want to announce my favorite here, year for AM radio. Yes, you know, so many great songs. But I wanted to announce here. Um, oh, you're, you're I, oh, you're welcome. Thanks for the gem shout. Oh, Marty, oh, hi, how are you, Marty? You found a parking spot. Cool. Don't <laughs> I? Hopefully, you're not in the red because you'll get towed. Anyway, um, 1970. Yeah, so so much great stuff. So much good. You know, AM radio. Uh, great pop. Great rock. Great soul. Uh, a lot of proto-punk like the Stooges and, and whatnot. So a couple of years ago, I thought it would be good to do another uh, or produce another tribute record. I've uh, produced several in the past. Um, a Shoes tribute in 2001, a tribute to Bubblegum Music came out on Not Lame in 2002. Then a co-produced Elvis Costello tribute in 2015 for Spider Pop. Well, coming up this year, first half of the year, we're going to have, uh, pleased to announce, another um, Tribute to the year 1970, and this will be released on Spider Pop Records. It's called We All Shine On, a tribute to the music of 1970. We've got some fabulous artists on there. I'll just tell you some of them. Uh, we mentioned Gem Records. We do have a Gem Records artist on there. Jonathan Pushkar is on there. But we also have a lot of uh, other folks, uh, Danny Wilkerson, uh, Lanny Flowers, Starbelly, um, Bobby Sutliff from the Windbreakers, uh, the Legal Matters, uh, the Brother Steve, the Armoires, Irene Pena, um, Darian Sahanaja from Wonderments, a rare solo track, one that he did just for this compilation. Uh, Sparkle Jets UK, the Armoires, Bill Lloyd, um, Alan Petchy and Delbert Rains, uh, just all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, two of the, um, well, one of the really, well, Two really, really cool people I, I was pleased to get on here. Uh, one is Mitch Easter. Uh, he does a version of the old soul standard, Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time. And One of my then, favorite songs of all time, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then um, Richard Barone, uh, formerly of the Bongos and now a cool solo artist. Uh, also, I think, I'm a Jim Records artist. Yeah. yeah. Um, he did a version of... Uh, Kind of a, a relatively rare Donovan cut called Ricky Tiki Tavi. Not one of Donovan's well-known songs, but it's really cool and did a great job. So uh, we've got a we've got an album and an EP coming out uh, later this year. The EP will be on Big Stir. The full length will be on Spider Pop. So uh, look out for that. We'll be um, promoting it more on social media in the days and weeks to come. But you know, very excited for people to hear songs like. Mama told me not to come. Didn't I blow your mind this time? Walk a mile in my shoes. Come and get it. Uh, Share the land by uh, originally by the Guess Who, Cracklin' Rosie. Uh, what is life? Uh, all all kinds of really cool cool stuff. So very very excited about that. Yeah, I, I want to say that although this one is is named in tribute to one of the songs on on the compilation, um, your 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 tribute discs have had some of the best names. Uh, 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 best titles, I should say. I mean, you've had great artists. They've been they've been wonderful. But right to choose, C H E W S and shoe fetish are they're just they're just great names. They yeah, really are. Neither of those were my idea, which is probably why they were good ideas. I don't remember who came up with shoe fetish. That might have been. Uh, it ain't me, babe, to quote Bob Dylan. Right, right. It might have been Peter, Peter Kuehl, uh, photographer, uh, record store owner, and all-around great guy out of Chicago. He might have come up with uh, Shoe Fetish. He did the cover photo for that one. Uh, right to Choose, I remember, that was Will Harris, I believe. Another, oh, wow. uh, another journalist friend of ours came up with that one. But it's funny because... Uh, Many people might not notice, you know, we call this one, We All Shine On, a tribute to the music of 1970, but there's not a version of Instant Karma on this tribute. Oh, it's not on. Okay. No, it's, it's not on there. So we're, we're, we're just playing with people a little bit. But, you know, there's going to be, what's, uh, seven songs on the EP, 22 songs on the, uh, on the full length, so almost 30 tracks, you know, and, you know, every everybody, like I said, from, uh, well, Someone who just passed away today or recently that you told me, R. Uh, R. Dean Taylor, uh, rest in peace. He did uh, the original version of Indiana Wants Me that Bobby Sutliff does here. And then, um, you know, we there's even a version of uh, Loose, the Stooges song by the Used Electrics, which is uh, 
Victor Irwin, my friend Victor Rock God from Arlington, Texas. We had a blast uh, recording that there. Uh, I was uh, on drums for that one. That was really, really cool. So, um, you know, speaking of, of resting in, in peace, I know we found out not long before we went uh, live here that Ronnie Spector had passed away, which is uh, very, very sad. Certainly um, a unique voice in the history of, of rock and roll and someone who uh, influenced a lot of a lot of people uh, with her voice and with her songs. So, you know, our condolences, of course, go yes, out to R. I. P. her. R.I.P. Ronnie. Yeah. I mean, um, Janice Ian, Susanna Hoffs, those are two voices that come to mind that remind me a lot of, uh, of Ronnie Spector's. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, she was wonderful. And of course, um, you know, Phil, his trend, his transgressions aside was, you know, arguably the greatest producer of rock and roll of all time. And yeah. those, uh, those Ronettes records, among other things that he produced are absolutely transcendent. I think of something like walking in the rain with those, the thunder and the rain sounds and the fact, it all sounded so big and it was in mono, not stereo. Yeah which generally sounds bigger, but that wall of sound, it especially was that, that, uh, that appellation was apropos for sure on a, on a record like Walking in the Rain. And of course, Ronnie's vocal, I mean, you know, just timeless. Yeah. So, yeah. And, so, and, and just, you know, if she would have only influenced somebody like Brian Wilson, you know, who's well known for his favorite song being Be My Baby, um, Boy, you know, is he well known for that? Yeah, she'd be, you know, she'd be uh, loved and respected if just that one song. But there was so much more that she did. So, of course, our condolences to her family and friends. Uh, and as we said, rest in peace. But um, I want to talk a little bit about R. Dean Taylor because there's some people who may not know. I mean, he's in in, in the U.S. Of course, he's known for almost almost exclusively for India Anna wants me because he never had any other big hits in the, in this country. Mm-hmm. However, he did have some big hits in the UK that uh, the people here may not know. One is, is a song that was on the album that uh, the, the Indiana wants me album called gotta see Jane. That was actually uh, a huge record in the UK and in Canada. Um, very good song and has a, uh, especially the, the chorus has, has a very Motowny vibe, and and why not? R. Dean Taylor was a staff writer for Motown. I think he was probably one of the few, if not the only, uh, white uh, songwriter that Motown employed. Uh, he co-wrote "I'm Living in Shame," uh, the mm-hmm. Supremes hit, among other things. But one of the songs that he wrote and recorded was a song called "There's a Ghost in My House." Right. I was just going to mention that one. Great one. That was. That was. It, it came out in the late 60s to absolutely no response whatsoever. But then in the early 70s, when Northern Soul became a thing in the UK, when DJs started revisiting some of the more obscure tracks that Motown and other soul labels had released, but nobody heard, um, they started finding a lot of rare, a lot of these records, which were extremely hard to find. Uh, and one of them was There's a Ghost in My House. And I can't remember which DJ in the Northern Soul club scene started playing it, but it gained tons of traction, not just in the clubs, but on the radio. And it became a top five hit in the UK. Um, it's just an awesome Northern Soul, just as they call it, a dance floor filler and shaker and mover kind of song. Um, so he yeah, he did a lot of stuff that people aren't... Um, uh, aren't aware of. Um, he was Canadian, which is probably one of the reasons Gotta See Jane was big over there. But um, yeah, our Dean Taylor was much more than Indiana wants me. And uh, again, RIP to a, yeah. a you know, it's, songwriter. It's, um, there's a great um, CD best of I picked up last year uh, of his. And I was unaware with most of uh, unaware of most of his uh, recorded output with the exception of there's a ghost in my house and Indiana wants me. And I was really impressed with the uh, overall quality of, of his music. There's so many, so many really, really great songs. Yeah. Now he was an excellent songwriter. And again, you know, you know, Barry Gordy, we, we, I mean, he had as good an ear as anybody. So if he hired mm-hmm. him to write, then, you know, you knew he right. was going to be good. 
And I'm sure I'm not the only one who at one point in time in their life has slammed on their brakes when they've heard the sirens and the at the beginning and end of Indiana Wants Me, not realizing that was the song that was playing because and you think the police are following you. You know which one got really got me? I, I, I'd heard Indiana Wants Me before I learned how to drive. So if it came on the radio, I knew what to expect. But one song I hadn't heard, which is if you ever if you do a 1971 a follow-up tribute, you might want to have somebody do a cover of this. DOA by Blood Rock. Oh God, yeah. The first time I heard that in my car, when those sirens came on, I freaked out. It's like, what the hell? What where? <laughs> you know, I thought there was a cop or an ambulance behind me or in front right. of me, and I couldn't see it. And that, then it occurred, oh. That's part of the song. Yeah, that oh, that, that whole song is that. is bizarre. <laughs> anyway, almost, just... almost as freaked out as when I first heard "The Traitor" by the Beach Boys, and you hear Justin Wilson say "Hi" like at the beginning. I'm I'm looking behind me, like who's in my room? Oh, is that a, a little kid's voice that says "Hi"? Yeah, it's Carlos and son Justin. Oh, you sure it wasn't Ken, are, you, are you sure it wasn't Ken Sharp or Jeremy? They kind of have that same voice you just did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> I wasn't. Okay, pretty sure yeah. it was Justin. Well, um, you never know. I just thought I'd ask. Um, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I, first time I heard that was when I bought the Holland album, and it's the first song on the side. So you put the needle down. You're getting ready to hear, you know, hear something, and then it's like, "Hi!" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> oh, as I freaked out. Wow. Yeah. You know, another song with a. Uh, since we're talking about scary siren songs, uh, the Clash's cover of. Um, the equals police on my back <laughs> has sirens kind of weaving in and out of the whole thing. And, and a couple of times late at night driving home, you know, I'm like, Whoa, what, what the hell? Oh yeah. It's a song. I keep forgetting it's in there, but that's another, uh, that's another group that's really underrated, you know, mostly known for two things. And I'm talking about the equals mostly known for the hit baby come back here in the States. And as the group that spawned uh, Eddie Grant, but so much good stuff in their catalog as well. Um, you know, well worth investigating. Great late 60s, uh, early 70s um, pop rock. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually Facebook friends with Derv Gordon from The Equals. Very, ni very nice man. Um, yeah, you should, you should friend him. He's, he's a good guy. Um, but yeah, there are so many really cool Equals comps and... Um, you know, a lot of them are two or three CD sets. And, yeah, they had so much good stuff. I wish uh, somebody would reissue their albums as proper albums, you know, CD or vinyl, maybe one day. I mean, it seems like people are there. There's so as much as as mu as many things uh, that have come out. There's still so many more that could be done. Uh, every oh, yeah. Yeah, Each year, yeah. everyone says, like, what box sets could they possibly do next year? And then <laughs> then you get a whole bunch of them. I mean, I still want to see a Holly's um, uh, mono vinyl box. I would love to see oh. that. I'm sure a lot of people would. Yeah, and, and, and there's even that. you know there's even some some uh, power pop stuff that was never really on vinyl, you know, because it, it was released in the CD age. Uh, I've heard rumors that a lot of the early Shazam albums are going to be coming out on yes. vinyl. So that, yes. that uh, that'll be really cool because that's some that's some great, you know energetic muscular power pop music right there for sure muscular like mike fernandez is drumming uh yes mu it's well muscular but not chiseled um which is different no, not chiseled different thing um <laughs> more more inside jokes i'll never folks. forget when i there was a there was a power pop band um maximum power pop from the late 90s from japan called samantha's favorite all and, right uh, I remember when they came to the States to play a show and I saw their drummer and he looked exactly like a Japanese Mike Fernandez. And <laughs> I, I remember telling Mike that I said, yeah, even your, their, his head is shaped like yours. And then they met each other and, and um, I forgot who took a photo of them. I, I may have it somewhere, but man, they, <laughs> they're both drummers and they both look exactly alike. That's except really one's funny. Hispanic and one's Japanese. So That's yeah, really it's really funny. interesting. Mike, uh, Mike Fernandez is one of my favorite people in the world. So shout out to Mike, even though I'm sure he's not watching. Uh, so many cool people I know named yeah, Mike. Mike. Where the hell are you? <laughs> That's my bad Mike. Fernandez. That was really bad. It scared me a little bit. Uh, the Mike Fernandez impression frightens me sometimes. 
Um, but now so many, so many cool people I know named Mike or Michael. I mean, there's Michael Mazzarella from the Rooks. And of course, my good buddy, Mike Simmons and Mike Fernandez. And my son's name is Michael. And, yeah. and so as is my dad's name. There you go. Your, your guest last week. Now, see, how am I going to follow up your dad? He was, he, he was pretty awesome. And, and what a yeah, cool he, thing to have him on, on, on your show. He is an awesome man and, uh, you know, has done so many things in his life. And even at age 90, he's still like, he's still very charming. So kudos. Yeah. Awesome. Unfortunately, and Sean uh, skips generations, but, you know. Well, you <laughs> well I wasn't going to say anything, but you did. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, now, you've got some pretty cool guests coming up, right? Um, as opposed to me, who's an uncool guest, you have some cool <laughs> guests coming up. Um, yeah, we have uh, next week. Thank you for, for that. Um, next week um, on Jan January 19th, we have Dave Faulkner from the Hoodoo Gurus. Wow. A tremendous guest. Uh, somebody, you know, who, who I've been a fan of for a long time, as I know of a lot of our listeners. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And our first guest, he'll be our first uh, guest from Australia and our first guest to actually be doing his show on Thursday because in, in Australia it will be Thursday morning. Rather than oh, Wednesday here. Mm -hmm. uh, then on the 26th, uh, Dwight Twilley. Uh, he had been scheduled for December. That didn't work out, but now we're going to have him on the 26th. And we're, of course, you know, a power pop icon um, for sure. And we're going to be glad to have him. Uh, speaking of icons, um, our first guest to, who, who ever had a number one record on Billboard, uh, Mr. Gilbert O'Sullivan will be our guest on February 2nd. And one thing people need to know is that he's still recording uh, some really good records. And, you know, obviously radio isn't, you know, isn't uh, hip to that sort of thing right now, but there are songs on his new albums that could have been hits in, in the 70s, no doubt about it. He still knows how to write a hook. Uh, and uh, he's gonna be touring um, in, in the UK and the States uh, in a couple of months. Yeah. I hope to see him in March when he, when he comes to LA. Yeah, uh, and then I, February 9th, oh, nice. uh, you want to talk about icons in the mod revival scene. Um, there's very few that are up there with Paul Bevoir of the jet set. Jet set yeah. And he will be our guest on uh, February 9th. And then we're going to go a little bit off the grid, um, um, on uh, not off the grid, but outside of our wheelhouse, I should say, on February 16th, with a guest named Alan Jacobson. He's a he's a writer of sort of thriller FBI kind of kind of books, and uh, he's a good friend of my cousin Stu, and he he connected us, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to have to read some of his stuff because that's that's not my bailiwick, but I will uh, definitely get familiar. And we'll have a we'll have a grand old time, um, and you know, fortunately, none of those guests, none of those people decided that our numbers weren't good enough. So <laughs> that's an inside joke. <laughs> well, yeah. if, your, if your numbers were a certain level, they'll they'll probably plummet after uh, this episode here. But <laughs> but no, I, I you know, Mark Mark told me. I, I think Mark's still at the game. He's in line now buying popcorn. But um, Mark told me that I um, that I, I've been on twice now, so I get the coveted Paisley jacket, which is which is very exciting, because you know as a drummer for the Armoires, we we wear Paisley, and so that will fit right in. Oh wait a minute, Mark actually dropped this off. It's wow, Mark, <laughs> right here. <laughs> That's great. I'm so jealous. Well, well, apparently he wasn't in line getting popcorn. He was delivering me this jacket. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. <laughs> um yeah the the david bash the king of paisley along with rex broom or or, or is it the prince of paisley of course that sounds like prince and paisley park that's alliteration I, I, rain don't and, yeah, that. I don't know i don't um know. yeah um that is a great great jacket but i'm not an armoire so i don't get one um now you know we use those jackets in a, a video shoot um, for one of our songs from our, our last record, Incognito. I don't remember what song it was now for some reason, but it was it was a lot of fun shooting it. Uh, Karen Bass yeah. was was in it with us, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was, a, it was a fun video for sure. 
Yeah. Well, it's, you know, those guys are always fun people, you know, and like you mentioned, so many cool record labels and so many good, good people in this uh, sort of pop music world. I've seen all good people to quote yet. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, You know, in, in, in this pop music world that we inhabit, there's so many cool people like Rex and Christina and Ray from Cool Cat and Keith from Future Man and all the spider pop folks, um, you know, and all the people who, you know, are writing or have written for this big stir magazine, you know, some really great people. I'm proud to call friends, Steve Coulter. And of course you, Steve Schnee, um, you know, Carl Caffarelli and all the DJs like Mike Lidskin, Adam Waltemeyer, people who play this music and, you know, it's everyone, everyone has their own little sort of niche and, um, it's, it's a really cool thing. It really is. And I want to thank everybody who, who continues to enrich our, enrich our lives, both, you know, artists and labels and, and of course, journalists. Um, oh, of course, of course. And, journalists. and um, yeah, keep it coming, please. We need it. Uh, I see Mark, Mark is, uh, to paraphrase uh, Mike Love in Heroes and Villains, he's announcing his ass off right now oh wow okay i, I should i should I, I should actually mention the real quote mike love talked about how he he meditated his ass off which i found so hilarious because meditation is such a non-action so, right how do you how do you non-act your ass off but uh, well that's mike love for you if anything can, can can be done uh with an ass involved it's probably mike love because he's one of the biggest asses i've uh so, so I've been told anyway. I've never had the pleasure. Yeah, I have not met him either. So, yeah, I've not. He, he might be a great guy. You can probably ask any of his seventeen ex-wives, and they'll tell you, it's a great guy. <laughs> oh man, I don't think so. <laughs> well, uh, we've got. I, I, I asked Mister Hirschberger to log us off at uh, five after the hour, so we have about three and a half minutes. Anything you'd like to add? Well, well, no, just I'd love people to, to uh, pick up the uh, Big Stir magazine, as I mentioned. Um, and you can, you know, again, all of our social media, you can find it there. Um, you know, I'd like to encourage people once this lockdown is, uh, not lockdown, but once COVID is sort of past us, this surge is sort of past us, to uh, head out to an international pop overthrow show when it comes to a town near you, because you will not be d- disappointed, not only for the music, but uh, for the camaraderie. Um, great fun and great people and can't wait to get back to doing that. Um, last thing I, I want to mention, if, if anyone, you know, still needs a copy of my latest book, why not? I'll, I'll bring it up. The Beatles 100. Um, very, very proud of, of that. And it's available on Amazon or on the Rare Bird uh, website, the publisher, or I have copies here if you want to contact me directly. Um, David Bash says buy it. Well, there you go. It's got the- I did. It's got the D bash seal of approval, which is all, which is no, all it really is. It, you, you wrote, you wrote a wonderful book. Like I always say, you have this fluid style of writing that just makes it so easy to read. Um, and uh, it, it, that makes for an entertaining book. So oh, thank you. Uh, Andy Hartley said, great read. Yes. Oh, thank, thank you. you thank you, Andy. I appreciate it. Hopefully your sister Mariette. Oh, wait, is that right? <laughs> Uh-oh. Anyway. Another does, he dumb... even, does he even know who Marriott Hartley is? No, but he'll look her up on 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 the internet, and he'll find. Yeah, and if you don't know who she is, look her up. She yeah. was, uh, yeah, she was a known actress in the states. Anyway, um, yeah, again, I want to reiterate, I want to reiterate my thanks to uh, everyone who put out a great record, uh, uh, either the, you know, both the artists and the labels. Um, thank you so much for the music. You you. I can't overestimate how much it means to me and to so many other fans. Oh, yeah. Uh, so many other fans of power pop and every other genre that uh, relates to rock and roll in some way. We and, and not just rock and roll, but soul, rockabilly, all the reissues that encompass so many genres. Thank you all so much for, for what you've done. Um, you know, it, mean, it means the world and more to everyone. Uh, we do have uh, IPO shows coming up in Chicago, Liverpool, and Vancouver at this point. I will be working on other cities. Um, you know, with COVID and the aftermath, there have been some changes that are making some of the cities a little bit more challenging than they than they used to be. 
but hopefully we'll overcome all that and I'll be able to schedule shows in the cities that we normally do it. And uh, yeah, well, thanks. See you guys. Thank you, Kurt. I uh, certainly look forward to seeing you there. Uh, thank you for coming to uh, Arlington also. And you were talking about camaraderie in Arlington, Texas with Spider Pop Records as our host. It really felt like family. I, I've never felt as great as all IPOs feel. I've never felt uh, so close to everybody as I did as I do there. So if you're listening, Alan, Victor, anybody associated with Spider Pop, thank you. Yeah, that, that was a great, uh, a great time. I was, you know, so happy to be able to be there to see the other bands and to play with the used electrics and to meet people like Kurt uh, Vance and then see people like Lanny Flowers, of course, Danny Wilkerson. Uh, I got a chance to talk with Jim Ritchie from the Posers a little bit and everyone else who was there um, was just really, really cool to, to hang out. And, you know, things starting to get back to normal a little bit and it felt like things were starting to get back to normal. So hopefully uh, once this surge passes, we can get back to that point again. And, uh, you know, like I always say, music makes everything better. And uh, certainly the case. It does. It does indeed. And uh, we're kind of waiting for Mark to log us off. He's the tech guy. And... Mark's actually at the free throw line right now. He's he's uh, <laughs> they they uh, one of the girls got hurt. They needed a sub. Mark came down from the stands. So far, he's sunk a couple of three pointers and he got fouled. He's at the free throw line. Go get him, Mark. Uh, I, I could make a comment here that, that's in my head, but I'm going to keep it there. Yeah, keep it to yourself. Dude. <laughs> I'll be like Dave Walker of Kimberly Clark. I'm going to keep, keep that keep to yourself. To myself, yeah. Right. Um, you know, Mark is just having so much fun listening to this. He's probably not even announcing the game. He's just listening to us. And he, he just wants us to keep going. On I guess. Yeah, he's totally on, lost. He, he's, and on and he, on. He's forgotten. You know what? Why don't we just we'll just both leave the studio and we'll we'll just say goodbye here. Uh, you have a leave studio button, don't you? I have a button that says replace Mark Hirschberger. Is that the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, it is. Um, I have one, also gonna... one that says mute Mark Hirschberger. Stop Mark Hirschberger's camera. Oh yeah. Oh, there it is. Leave studio. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. So we'll just we'll just both agree to do that. And I don't know if there's going to be dead air at that point or what, but um, some people might find that more entertaining the previous hour. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, thank you all very much for listening. We'll see you next week with uh, Dave Faulkner and um, and John, you know, where you're welcome back as a guest host anytime. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. Oh, of course. I had a great time. Thanks for having me. And thank you, Mark. And go whatever team you're rooting for, Mark. <laughs> All right. Take care, John. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.